Blog Talk Radio. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on tag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. Hello, and welcome to Provocative Thought, intimately known as PT, striving to awaken those who are asleep, stimulate those who are awakened, feed those who are starving, and nurture those who seek to know. I am your host, Carlton Steve, a self-proclaimed student of life in the search, discovery, and revelation of life on life's terms. First, I'd like to thank Queen Mother for Real Media for allowing me to host the show. I'd also like to thank the creator for allowing me to be. You can contact the show by dialing 347-989-0180. Please press 1 to speak. You can reach us on the Internet at www.blogtalkradio.com slash queenmotherforreal and listen to the show live. You can also contact us on Facebook at Provocative Thought PT Community Organization. Tonight's topic is, what is a good catch? This is a journey into the idea of what is a good catch when selecting a mate. What are the attributes of an individual considered to be good? Good by definition is morally excellent, virtuous, righteous. Does good have another definition? What things impact on your perception of what is good? Is what is good good for us? Is what is good simply what makes us feel good? What is the impact of social, media, and cultural norms regarding selecting a mate? How does it impact on the esteem of the individual, the relationship, and the community? Does his or her ability to provide or make them, does his or her ability to provide make them a good catch? Does his or her positive attributes supersede their negative attributes? Is good indicative of what you like or is good indicative of what is good, safe, emotional, moral, ethical, physically attractive, socially for you. Example, if a girl likes a bad boy, is he good for her? Is he being good, is his being good to her make him a good catch? Because she likes him, that's what she wants, so therefore that's a good match for her. She's satisfied. Does the danger or the risk of being in his presence make him not a good catch. And what about a bad girl? When searching for a mate, most of us carry around a list of criteria or that qualifies a well um, oiled mate. Who we're looking for, we have these things that are attributes of the person we'd love to be with. Some of the things are like sense of humor, sense of adventure, good health, 
you know, funny, owns his own business, has money, uh, likes to travel, works out, likes, you know, everybody likes to buff female and the fit man. Um, but sometimes we don't end up with these mates. And uh, sometimes we end up with somebody quite not like the person on the list. One reason for that is that people don't come custom-made to order. As with everything else, our conscious mind plays second fiddle to our unconscious mind or desires. Uh, what we plan is sometimes different than what we settle for. Because you can't find, sometimes you can't find everything you want in one person. Sometimes you end up with someone who's not like anything that you planned for. At least the relative importance of each quality we want is different. To play into stereotypes for just a minute, maybe a woman's physical beauty is great. We find ourselves completely ignoring that she never finished high school, though we thought we wanted a professional. Or a man's wealth is so enormous, we find ourselves ignoring the fact that he drinks too much. A woman's beauty, many men are captured by that, her beauty and her uh, sexuality. Sometimes just that image alone is enough for a guy to say, that's what I want for a wife. But as we know, that's a justification. And, and there's much more to a woman than her physical beauty and her sexuality. Same thing goes for a woman seeking or a man seeking a person with enormous wealth. Some people can be brought into situations. Some can't. Sometimes we settle for luxury and ignore the danger, the other dangers that may exist in that relationship in terms of this. In this case, the guy with the enormous income drinks a lot. He could be doing a lot of other things a lot also, but we just could stick with drinking for this guy. The problem, of course, is that our unconscious minds are frequently as poor at choosing a mate as are our conscious ones. Should we really value an adventurous spirit over honesty or good hygiene over fashion sense or common values over common interests? You make the decision based on how we feel about interacting with the person, what they offer us, and you don't always get what you want. There's a thing called a self-fulfilling prophecy theory of social interaction. It argues that the way we expect other people to behave alters our behavior in such a way that causes that it causes them to fulfill our expectations. It was a test done, and it said basically that beautiful women are expected to be warm and fuzzy, and the uh, women who were not so attractive were not expected to be that way. They did a test, blindfolded some guys, and uh, the expectation that the man had for the woman drove the way the men behaved toward the woman. So he expected her to be a certain way, so he behaved a certain way because she was beautiful. We all know that beautiful women are not always beautiful inside. Beauty is on the outside. 
It's not the physical beauty is not the same as internal beauty. And that behavior of the man drove the way the woman behaved towards them. So arguably, no one has a greater ability to impact on who we are than our mate because we're emotionally connected to this person we choose to be with. And that connection is a very strong connection. They have a great influence on decisions we make and how we feel. Your mate has the ability to pull someone we like out very much of our existence, a passionate, happy selves. And later on, however, as our relationship evolves, they may begin to pull out parts of ourselves we don't like at all, our anger, demanding, or even depressed self. There are two theories that have guided scientific thinking on the subject. First is the evolutionary theory, which claims that the behavioral tendencies physical characteristics, and personality features that promote our chance to survive and reproduce by that virtue desirable to us. In addition, biological and anatomical differences between organisms will dictate different optimal solutions to the same problems. For example, two animals with one nimble feet and the other with strong wings encounter a hungry predator. One will, how, they, how will they deal with the survival threat? Most likely, the first animal will run away and the second will fly off. That's evolution. He does what he does. Indeed, studies show that when it comes to long-term relationships, women overall emphasize the importance of status parameters while men find female youth highly attractive. So women basically are looking for a man with power, a man that they can depend on, and a provider. Men are looking for some eye candy, a highly attractive young woman. Everybody, uh, a lot of people um, celebrate youth because it's, the, it's, the, it's basically the high point of your life, it's, you're vibrant, you're getting a lot of information, you're, you're using it at your top physical form in your youth, you're stronger, you run fast, that's the times when you're most agile when you're youthful. And that's not just being a, um, a child, being youthful, if you can be youthful at 25. On the other hand, we have the social role theory developed by the American psychologist Alice and she says the mate selection rules are dictated by the roles that women and men occupy in society. Thus, people's preference in the search for a mate are expected to shift as social roles and norms shift. For example, women are attracted with men with power and money because society limits their own ability to gain money and power. If tomorrow most positions of power and money go to women, that a man's status and wealth will matter much less to women, while male beauty, youth, and stamina may come to matter more. 
Indeed, studies over the past 50 years show some fundamental changes in mate preferences amongst both men and women. For example, since maintaining comfortable life on one salary has become difficult in the West, we live in the West, and since most women work and earn income, both men and women currently put more emphasis than before on the partner's economic and social status. In an economic society or matrix, your ability to succeed economically equals survival and increases your quality of life. When choosing a life partner, matters of household work such as cooking and cleaning capabilities, on the other hand, no longer consider important criteria. That sounds like uh, maybe a middle class, upper middle class value system there because lower class, people in the lower economic uh, arena have been working two parents at a time since I can remember. It's not unusual for two parents to go to work. And they value uh, the mother or a parent being at home, maintaining the home, cleaning and cooking and things like that. These changes indicate that the culture has an impact on the qualities we deem attractive. Motivations, be what they may, studies from the 1940s to the present point to the existence of several well-supported laws of attraction that govern the general process of choosing a long-term mate. Here are some of them. Exposure and familiarity. In general, we grow to like those around us and those with whom we have frequent contact. The more time we spend with someone, the greater the chances that we'll like, accept, and fall in love with him or her. Now, granted, we all know someone whom increased interaction causes increased frustration and resentment, but that is the exception that proves the rule. Simple exposure is one reason why many a romance blooms at work or at the university. Daily contact over time turns strangers into friends and more. I think we can agree on that. Physical attraction speaks for itself. Physical beauty. You see somebody you like, you become attracted to them, you communicate with them, you let them know how you feel. Bottom line, you don't want to spend the rest of your life with someone you're not physically attracted to. Physical attraction obeys the laws of market. The best goods come, the best goods cost more. So and so buyers do not get what they want, but want what they can not afford. Ultimately, the rich drive the Mercedes, the middle class drive the Toyota, and the poor ride the bus. This simply just means that the, the, if you have a lot of money, you can get the pretty girl. You can't get every pretty girl, but you have a good chance of getting a pretty girl because there are pretty girls out there, as previously stated, go for guys with the economic uh, capacity to provide for them, drive two Mercedes Benz. So everybody is looking for uh, someone who is attracted to them. As we know, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Personality and character. Research on the personality factors that attract us to others 
has identified two personality factors that are considered across the board desirable, competence and want. Competent people, that is to say intelligent and socially skilled, are considered more attractive. Kind people with a warm personality are also more attractive. Warm and wise is a winning pair in the May Selection Tournament. That makes sense. Proximity. Most of us are willing to marry someone who lives within walking or driving distance. We are unlikely to persist in a relationship or get married to someone who's a transient flight away, the, a transatlantic flight away. The great poet Yahuda Michiachi wrote, Advice for good love. Don't love those from far away. Take yourself one from nearby. The way a sensible house will take local stones for its building. And the poet was right. Most of us choose from the nearby selection. Long-distance relationships are more difficult to nurture, and they survive much less often. Similarity. This is without a doubt the most powerful finding in this area. We are drawn to people who are like us. Christians, for example, appear to be drawn to other Christians. Educated people appear to be drawn to other educated people. Leftists, love leftists, extroverts, introverts, people who have similar things in common are drawn to each other. On almost every parameter, a background, personality, values, and experience, we prefer someone who has a lot in common with us or over someone who is totally different from us. And also someone who com- completes or complements us. The ocean wants the ocean, not the beach, and not the boat. That's another Chinese saying. Love versus status and resources. When choosing a partner, we frequently engage in internal negotiations whereby the value of romantic love is pitted against the value of social status and economic security. If the love is strong, we may sacrifice social or economic status. If the potential partner's status is high, we may compromise regarding the intensity of our romantic feeling. The love is strong. All listeners, any listeners, please press one if you want to talk. Uh, Are there any listeners out there? Hello? Hello. Welcome to Provocative Story. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes, I was calling in to talk about uh, what's a good catch. Yeah, and, and what is your name? Sean. How you doing, Sean? What is a good That's catch? Good. Well, t- t- my opinion is a good a good catch is somebody that's working on some goals to get where they want to get in life. So a good catch is a person who's looking. 
who's working on goals where he wants, she wants to get to in life. So what kind of goals should they be working on? Good job, education, a home, anything that's going to benefit us being in a uh, relationship together. Okay, so a good catch is a person who's trying to educate themselves uh, and employ themselves and become a provider and a uh, someone to contribute to uh, society, the economics of the society. That what you think? Yes, that's a good catch to me. That's a good catch. Okay, so what do you think about uh, the question I posted earlier? Why do good girls like bad boys? What what with that? What kind of catch is that? Is that a shark? Because in a shark, or are you? What is that? Goldfish? What kind of catch is that? Why do good girls like bad guys? Right. Um, bad boys. I really don't know why. Because <laughs> I know I don't. Right. But why it's don't... just a bad. It's a bad habit. It's a bad habit that you learn. That everybody else is doing. They got a guy that ain't that's out in the streets making fast money. That's kind of appealing to some women. But in the long run, you see that that don't pan out. Right. So he, so a, a, this guy, bad boy, who's uh, an entrepreneur on the street, is able to be a provider. Is that right? Is he a provider? Maybe that. Why they attracted to him? Yes. Okay, so he's a provider. Is he kind? Is he respectful even towards the the uh, the women? That no, he, woman. Not at all. Not oh, okay. at all. Okay, so he has no respect for. What that? Because I said, along with them kind of occupations, come with staying out late, other women, right, and. The thing is, if you have a, a job and you worked all day, you're too tired to run the streets. Right. You want to come home to your woman and be loyal. Okay, so a, a good man is focused on uh, his uh, life, the his relationship, and his household. Is that right? Yep. Anything else you want to add to that? And I also think that it's a it's a good quality too that a man no has a personal relationship with God. Has a personal relationship with the Creator. Okay. Is it is, is it a particular religion that you, you feel he should have, or is it just as long as he all no. believes in the Creator? No, it's not a particular religion. As long as he is committed and he believes in what he believes in. I don't think it matters. Okay. All right. So you, a good man is a God-fearing man, which goes back to being moral and ethical uh, as such. Is that right? Right. Right. So you must have a moral and ethical foundation in order to be good because actually that's part of the definition, the literal definition of good. But sometimes good is not the literal definition. Sometimes what is good is what tastes good and feels good and looks good to us. Right? Right. That's correct? That's correct. Right. So that's where you get to the the, uh, the street uh, entrepreneur. He may look good and uh, at, at, at some point still good, right? Right. Okay. But it's not good. 
Not at all. Not, not a good situation. All right, okay. And that's a dangerous situation also because, uh, as I said earlier, when somebody comes to uh, give him something that he doesn't want and you're there, you're going to get some of that what he gets. Is that right? Right. They're not going to ask you to step to the side while I, I put five bullets in his head, right? Right. Right. Okay. Police are not going to say, oh, could you step aside while I arrest this young man? They're going to get arrest both of you guys, right? Exactly. Because you was there exactly. and you knew what was going on from the beginning. Right. And you chose to be there. So, right. You know. Okay, so that's a that's an at-risk situation, right, from the beginning. Right. Okay. You have a child by this guy. Now you got a daddy in jail doing a uh, Depending on what he did, at least five for the gun and another five for the assault, right? Another three for the a two, at least two for the assault or ten for the homicide. Bottom half of his sentence is ten for the homicide. So you got that guy in jail. Your kid going up without a father. Right? Yeah. Right, so it's not a good look for you or your family or potential family. Right. Okay. Okay. We appreciate that. Is there anything else you wanted to add to it? No, that's it for the night. Okay. Feel, please feel free to call in again. All right? Okay, I will. Thank you for uh, calling for Dr. Thought. Thank you. All right. All right. Now, another attribute is a dependable and stable person versus good looks and health. I can imagine that a lot of us get caught up in this uh, scenario. We tend to compromise. We tend to compromise regarding emotional stability if the potential partner is very attractive physically. Alternately, we may agree to accept a less attractive partner if they are acceptably stable and emotionally sound. So, we have another caller. Hello, and welcome to the Provocative Thought. Hello. Yes. Now I want to go back to your. I want to go back to your other conversation about the bad boy, a bad, bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who are we speaking with? This is Shelly. Shelly, how you doing, Shelly? All right. What I what I wanted to ask was because you know, well, maybe I need you to tell me when you when you make reference to the bad boy, what type of character are you speaking in reference to that quote unquote classifies that person as a bad boy? Um, okay. Is it is it someone? who has um, violence as part of, you know, their character reference? Um, is it someone unmotivated? Is someone lazy? Is it someone um, who um, doesn't contribute to a relationship but takes on the relationship? I mean, I was just trying to get some sense of when you say bad boy, what kind of person are you referencing? Okay, well, in that conversation, we were representing, as I said, a street uh, entrepreneur, which is uh, another name for a drug dealer, as we call him. 
Okay. This is just speaking of, that's what she was speaking about. But a bad boy is a, is a man or male who is not good for you. So if he's, if he's doing something that puts you at risk and self at risk, then you could say he's a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So if, if he's a guy, say a guy that sleeps around, he will try to sleep with your sisters, your mother, and a, that's a bad boy. He has no boundaries, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Because the word good means a moral and ethical character, right? He has an ethical mm-hmm. and moral foundation. If you have no ethical and moral foundation, then you have no boundaries. So you come into somebody's life and you try to run through the whole house, right? Mm-hmm. You cause dissension. Mm-hmm. By, uh, by even attempting to do that, you could cause dissension within that family structure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, because some mm-hmm. people don't know how to. Uh, Ward people off. Do you think that? Yes. Do you think that maybe what attracts some girls or some women to bad boys is because they don't come to the table with much of an ethical, moral foundation? Who does it? The female or the male? The female doesn't come to the table with much of an ethical, moral foundation. Okay. Well, that's. Longing uh, for some learning they never got. So you know, I mean, they come from for? a broken home, or they come from a home where, um, you know, they may have um, had to live life by way of, um, hey, uh, <laughs> buying, selling food stamps, um, peddling their wares. Um, you know, there's 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 a there's a sense of survival in impoverished communities that work. Not that they are always right. Not that um they should be glorified. But people have interesting ways of meeting their needs. And um, I just was just I guess I was just thinking outside the box, like you know, people who I know who have come through impoverished situations and, you know, um, they may have had items in their home or clothes they wear on their back that they've gotten for very discounted rates because, quote, unquote, somebody did steal them, (laughs) you know, or somebody acquired them some wrongful way. Um, That person who's selling those items um, is also making a living for themselves as well. Right. And like I right. said, not to say that these things are right, but it becomes a way of survival for some communities of people. Um, and it would be, you know, wonderful to uh, employ these people properly so that they wouldn't be in these positions to feel that this is this is um, how they have to survive. Um, but the reality is welfare is not fair. <laughs> The um, jobs are not available to to some of our men, particularly black men, especially those who have had some history of crime activities, and um, the workforce don't want them. But yet, you know, they still have families, like you said, they still have kids to provide for, and unfortunately, the streets welcome them with open arms. That's what well, I, I, I was just asking you about, you know, just kind of giving me some sense of when you talk about the bad boy, 
um, what makes a bad boy or, you know, how how do you describe that person? Right. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. I had a cousin. Okay. Married a guy that was a major drug dealer. Lived in a big house with the big driveway. He had to drive, drive through, right? Distant cousin, right? Mm-hmm. They're adults. They're not young. What happened to them is that when he got killed, she got killed right beside him. They had a good life. But when they came to kill him, they killed her right in the car. So that's, that's the, the question is, what is a good mate? If he's a good provider because he was t- able to take the drug game and turn it into a, a form of wealth. But what he didn't do was he stayed in the game. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And that's what got him killed because, I mean, let's just use your theory. Failure to thrive in the economic matrix. I find another way to provide for myself and my family. Okay. It's not the best thing to do to kill people to make money. Mm-hmm. But at what point do you say, do you jump out of the game? Do you jump off the board? You know what I'm saying? I guess huh? at the point at at the point that society is more receptive to my limitations as quote unquote maybe um ex ex con quote unquote maybe someone undereducated quote maybe someone limited in um certain trades or skill training someone who already is financially strapped and can't afford student loans, I mean, can't afford, you know, to take out loans and stuff to educate themselves. Um, I guess I guess we have to create the atmosphere for educating, the atmosphere for training um, that opens doors to our killers, open doors to our um, thieves, open doors to um, those bad boys who live a life um, that, I guess, is dangerous for themselves as well as others. Anybody, you know, that they bring into them life, into their life is at risk. So it is a good choice for me. Well, I think maybe that person shouldn't mate. <laughs> so what? I think person, I think that person should should not mate. Shouldn't because mate. shouldn't mate because if this is your lifestyle, um, and or well, I don't want to say not mate. Maybe that's not what I want to say. I just I just I just am concerned that when people have that kind of lifestyle. Um, what 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 is the information that is not being processed by the person that chooses to be a mate to some some someone who lives like this? Because this this lifestyle is just so risky. It's risky for the person, the the bad boy, quote unquote, who participates in it, and quote unquote, it's, it's bad for the mate that pairs itself with it. You know, and in, in some instances, instances, it could be bad for the children and extended family as well. That's right. Because people you know, have been so known I'll, to uh, eliminate everybody in the house. 
Right, right, right. So I'm wondering is what, and let me just step into the shoes of this person that I'm describing and just say hypothetically, um, what am I missing? What am I long suffering for? What, what is, what is the attraction? Is the attraction, you know, the wealth like you spoke of, the materialism? Or is the attraction coming from a place of needing companionship, feeling lonely as a woman, you know, getting older in life? You know what I'm saying? Like, what 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 is it that um, gives us that drive that, you know, we're, did he wine and dine me in ways that I never was before? Um, what, what creates that attraction in us? And, and like you were saying that, Earlier, I heard you talk about how people in similar um, environments uh, find themselves attracted to each other. Um, right. Even Basically, spoke you of, you spend a lot of time with somebody, you're going to become a, you have a tendency to become attracted to them. Right. So I'm saying, if if this is what's in that person's community, is this what they become attracted to? Is it is it not not so much that that's their Drive, or that's that's what they want to say to themselves. You know, I'm sure kids don't grow up saying, "Hey, I want to be a drug dealer and I want to sell drugs." And I, I'm not so much uh, say I want to be that. Say I want to be the wife of or the woman of a drug dealer. I mean, I don't hear people say that at all. I think people find themselves in that situation or end up in those kind of situations, and and finding themselves in there or ending up in those situations. Are we saying that? That's easier to happen because this is what's in my community. This is what I'm around every day. Um, that's what's in the same availability. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what's available. Selection. That's you right. You go to the store and all they have is beans, so you buy a can of beans. Is that what you're saying? Right. Right. Okay. You, you know, I'm just, I'm going to say one thing about drug dealers. Drug dealers are not this phenomena. Uh, are not any different than anybody else except for the fact that they sell drugs. So he could be charismatic, he could be attractive, he could be courteous towards you, as the young lady yeah. previously said, he could be very rude, right? right. Towards the right. relationship, uh, you know, as you know, in the drug business, that there are many women who are on drugs who are willing to do many things to, to get drugs. Uh, we have another caller. Did you mind if I take the next caller? So um, basically... That type of thing. There are people, so you're attracted to people. And he just had this big flaw. You may die by being with him. Next caller, please. Welcome to Provocative Talk. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, brother? Somebody, who are you speaking with today? Speaking with Lavelle, one of your frequent callers. Oh, my, Lavelle, man, frequent caller. How you doing, brother? How you doing, bro? I was listening at the show. The show was very interesting this week. Um, you're speaking about things about bad boys, why females are uh, attracted to bad boys. A lot of that, uh, everybody said, basically is, is is true, you know. But out there, a lot of people, like they said, they, they, they see the fast money, they get caught up in the lifestyle, and they don't know how to get out. First of all, that's a terrible game to be in anyway. We all know that, you know, because you're dealing with not just your life, people's lives around you, 
because you can get caught up at any time. You could be in your mother's house or your or you know your, your sister's or your kid's house or whatever. You can get caught up. But being as though that's the perfect, people look at it as a perfect catch. It's, it's bad. Some people right. be in relationships. I notice because you know they settle. They just settle. You know they 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 don't love the person. They well, sometimes they were they were in love with them, but they fall out of love and they just be in it for convenience. So it's 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 multiple things that what people think is the perfect catch. You got people out there that also be waiting for a knight in shining armor. There's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such right. thing. If you right. keep looking for that perfect person, you're going to be sitting on the bench forever with cobwebs on you because there's no perfect person. Sometimes right. we we neglect we neglect to um to see what's really in front of our eyes. You have a good person, a good partner that, that that dedicates themselves and do things for you, and you feel a certain way on the inside, and then you know everything's just it's just beautiful. Everything's just beautiful. Everything goes well, but then you get that one incident where you go out, you meet somebody, and you make that one mistake that you shouldn't make. What's that? Getting involved with somebody else. You start a relationship outside of your relationship. Exactly. Infidelity. And that's what. And you might already have the perfect partner, the perfect catch, but you don't you don't realize it, and it's right there in your face. It's right there in your face, and you don't realize it. It's like it's like wool being pulled over your eyes. Some people have good people in their life, and they don't appreciate what's been given to you. Mm. Well, let's see. Okay, so. I understand what you're saying, that, that sometimes we don't appreciate what we have, maybe sometimes not until after we lose it, maybe sometimes not till long after we lose it. Right, but by then a lot of times it's too late. Right. Because the person, a lot of people can uh, forgive you, but they can't forget. Right, so you put, you've done irreversible damage to the relationship. Right, you could be with that person for years and years and years. Yes, You think the whole relationship... It's good. It's 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 perfect. After you done did what you done did, but back in back of their mind, it's always going to pop up in your in your partner's uh in your partner's mind. It's always going to pop up. It's always stored in the back of your mind. It's always going to be there. But you can forgive them, but you can't forget it. Mm. Sounds like I heard that before. Yeah. So the best thing to do is you got somebody. That that that's good for you. You just appreciate what you what you have because it's 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 some good people out there. But it's hard to find somebody that's compatible with you. If you find somebody that's compatible, stick with them. That's what I feel. Okay, Probably can I ask you a question? Hello. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Hello. Yeah, you can ask me. Give me give me three categories of of a, of a mate. You would choose you like about your mate. Three things you would want your mate to um, possess. Um, what would make a, a perfect person for me? No, not perfect. We need, we're not using the term perfect. I'm sorry. Three character attributes of a mate that you would like. Oh, well. 
um, someone that's uh, caring and, you know, that some, put it like this, someone that, that I can depend on when I, when, when, when it comes to, uh, uh, I can't even think of it. Think of what to say right now, but, some, but stress, I know deep uh, in my heart. Conflict. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm just like say from I'm I'm single now, so right now I will be looking for somebody that I can depend on. You know that I can depend on. They can depend on me. Somebody that I'm compatible with. You know, um, someone who's, you know. You know, a lot of people look for somebody financially stable, but we all take downfalls. A person could be down at that very moment, but it doesn't mean that they was down forever. So sometimes you got to overlook that and give that a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, financially stable. If you want somebody who cares, depends financially stable. Somebody that's somebody that's caring. You know, that on has a, has the same point of life that that you had because. You could you could look for different things. You can look for different things in life, but if you don't have that compatibility, it doesn't matter. Anything that you have together, it's not going to last. The person can have as much money they want they have in the world. They can be kind and considerate, but that doesn't mean that they have to be kind and considerate to you. So. It's, well, it's, they're not it's, kind of considerate to you, then they're not kind of considerate. Exactly. But you don't know that in the beginning. That's the thing. You don't know that. You don't know this yeah. until after you've been in a relationship for a while because that's when the true person starts coming out. It's just like uh, a person that drinks. I said that on one of your previous shows. You know, they, they, they – you know, you think you're with the right person, then all of a sudden you find out, oh, they drink a lot. They drink a lot. And then they come and tell you how you how they really feel about you. And you're like, wow, why didn't you tell me this before all this happened? So it's 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 a number. I, I just wanted, for me, a person like me, I would just want to be happy with a person. That's all I ask for. I'm not asking for a lot. I just want to be happy. You know, just find somebody that at least compatible with you know, of course we look for attraction too because you have to be attracted to a person. You know, you most definitely have to be attracted to a person because attraction can come in many ways. It doesn't even have to be just beauty. Just like you were saying earlier, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. They could be right. beautiful in certain other ways. Right. Well, what's beautiful to me may not be beautiful to you. You may be attracted to small adult women. I might like heavier women. You might like right. a, a woman of a darker hue. I might like brown skin or light skin women. I might like short hair. You might like long hair. You know, we, we don't know. Right. Right? So right. That's, I, I agree. beauty in the eye of the beholder. Uh, we, just, we, have an, uh, we have another uh, comment. Okay. Greetings. Gre- Greetings, Greetings. Qu- uh, Carlton. I'm Greetings. sorry to... To uh, come in, but it's such a dynamic discussion. I just wanted to say that uh, it's not, I see how difficult it is to choose three characteristics because uh, 
for anybody really to get a good catch because as the young man was saying, people flip on you all the time. You go right. to the person and that's the address. You have to find out who lives inside. Mm. So, you know, I know um, that for my generation, it was waiting for the Prince Charming, you know, the night on White Horse and all of that. And, you know, it didn't make sense to me then, and it makes perfect sense why it's not being perpetuated, because you have to be whole inside of you before you can move to someone else and look right. for someone else to be, you know, a part of that. Right. I see you have, another, you have another call, and we have 10 minutes. Okay. Now, next caller, we have 10 minutes. Welcome to the box this uh, Hi, how you doing? How you this doing? Let me speak to you. This is Chuck. How you doing? Chuck. Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? Pretty nice. How you doing? Pretty pretty good. You know that the male and female relationship is a really uh, tricky thing. Of course, looking at the scripture, it it wasn't originally uh, that way. And I guess it's because of all the things you've been talking about, the different uh, cultural, environmental, and individual uh, concerns, which change, as all the callers have been been saying. And then again, um, everybody ultimately has uh, has value because the value of every man is God. Uh, through the underst- through my understanding of the Scripture, God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, so the value of every person, male or female, is God. Thing is, we don't live our lives with that kind of uh, an understanding. Because, again, what we understand and what we perceive and what we begin to think is right is going to determine the type of decisions that we make. But, again, one uh, young lady spoke about uh, a man must have a uh, must be rooted in, in God in order to have a... Uh, a uh, sustaining, lasting, uh, beneficial is a word you use, which I think is a great word for relationships, because I think we should on on, on purpose make our relationship, men to uh, women and women to men, beneficial one for another on purpose. And the commitment, uh, going back to uh, looking at the Bible again, they always talk about blood covenant. And the idea of life for life, you know, you know. So you, so then you have the marriage together until death do part. And there is forgiveness because nobody's perfect, as as we said. And you know what? You may not be able to forget right away, but part of love uh, is the ability to uh, not only forgive, but to forget. No more memory, memories of wrong done. That changes the whole scenario because as long as you can bring up the, the memory of it, it brings you back into some a trap, a non-beneficial, uh, of a non-beneficial way of relating to the other one. I'm, I'm not going to keep talking, 
But man, I enjoy oh. your program. Okay, well, I just want to say one thing. So the whole idea about the uh, creator uh, and having a relationship is is that under the assumption that there's a prescription for man uh, in terms of his um, interaction and social relationship with his uh, mate? Well, yeah, the, the, uh, the scripture says that the man-woman relationship by the will of God, the intention of God, is for the one to be beneficial to the other. And because uh, marriage is for life, all your life. And you got to have this kind of thinking. Because you know, we, talk, we talked about prospering. Of course, there's a material wealth. But there's, a, there's, there's wealth. There's a lot of wealth in life. There's spiritual wealth and growth. There's mental uh, wealth and growth, along with uh, maintaining and sustaining this body of clay right. in life. And looking at things, um, I think the uh, desire and aspiration is to do well in all areas of life. Again, we're talking about how we uh, decide and the type of commitments we make to ourselves and to to each other. Now, hopefully, the the type of decisions that we make are not detrimental to ourselves and others, because we can make those too. And if we find out we're doing those type of things, what we need to do is to get out of them, you know, and go in the way that we know is good, because we want to, we want to get the good result. We want to get the the good, and the good meaning, the benefits. That which is uh, beneficial, and if it's if, if it's good, has that goodness in there, which is uh, going back to the Creator, which has already been provided, even in um, uh, climate, uh, environment, or culture cultures worldwide that we have today, you still can uh, you can rise. And be all that you are created to be. And there you go to the praise of God, right? And right. to the benefit to the benefit of others who are like you. Right. <laughs> you know, male and female. Right. So, uh, I'm hearing if you live well, other people benefit from your good living. Exactly, because. If you go back again to the scripture, the original intent, everything uh, that he created and made was uh, very, was not only good, but very good. And, you know, very uh, beyond just 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 enough, uh, good, there's, there's that thing of beneficial right there. You know, and had everything, and, and, in, and the idea of, of balanced, not out of balance. But, you know, I I say to those who are out of balance, be courageous, you know, because you can get your life back into balance. You know, you don't have to stay in a bad situation. You don't know. You uh, you, You can get yourself out if you see that you're in a way that's going to produce 
the type of uh, damage, danger to yourself and mm-hmm. others, uh, you want to get out of that. Okay. You know, you have you have to make that decision. That decision is ours. You know, and we can yes. we can get out. Not nobody does anything on his own. The scripture says that man doesn't know good or bad by his own self, but we're being influenced in life either by God or the anti God. There's a spirit of anti God, anti Christ that's active. And you gotta get with God in order to put up a resistance, a fight, the fight that wins against that. Because in and of our own selves we don't have enough sufficiency. I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care where you fall in the the uh cultural strat strata. Everybody has to go through. Okay. Everybody has to go through. Well, I appreciate the commentary. And I hope that uh, our listeners, I'm sure they appreciate it also from all callers. Uh, we have two minutes to the uh, show to end. I want to thank all callers for calling. I want to thank Queen Mother for Real of Media for allowing me to again host this show. I want to thank the creator, as we have been recently just talking and speaking up, for allowing me to be. And I hope that you all will tune in for next Saturday uh, for the show and call in and share with us on Provocative Thought. In the meantime, we just remember, when choosing a mate, choose your mate wisely. And I'm going to keep it short on that because, like we said, like um, Queen Mother for Bill said, you knock on the door, you never know what's behind that door. You may think you know, but you never know until you walk into that house. For everybody again, please, thank you for calling. And remember, the winner, the final selection among all worthy candidates is decided by the subjective international internal process. Thank you. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and four parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle.